Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Two years ago, a multi-billion dollar natural gas export project planned for Alaska appeared all but dead. But now, Alaska LNG looks to be back on track, thanks to support from the Biden administration. That would be a big deal, since it would be the second major fossil fuel project in the state to have stalled under the Trump administration, only to be revived under President Joe Biden. And that's alarming Democratic lawmakers and environmental advocates who say the project would threaten the president's climate goals, especially after the administration just approved the controversial Willow Oil Project in Alaska just last month. So today, Politico's Ben Lafave on how an Alaska LNG project is turning a corner with the Biden administration's help. It's Monday, April 24th. Alaska LNG was first proposed, like, I think more than a decade ago. It would take a lot of the gas that's already been developed in Alaska's North Slope, pipe it 800 miles south to the southern coast of Alaska, and then liquefy it and send it out, mainly targeted to Asia customers, which for countries like Japan and South Korea would be a big deal because normally when they get gas from the U.S., it comes from the Gulf Coast. It's got to go through the Panama Canal, which gets congested, takes a long time to ship to where they want it to go. But when you've got it coming from Alaska, the trip's, I think, like basically a week, which shaves a lot off of your shipment cost in time. But under the Trump administration, which, as you mentioned, was really pro-fossil fuel, Trump guys came in and they talked up LNG, but then they started a trade war with China, which took out one of the main kind of markets for where this LNG would have gone. And they put in those steel tariffs that raised the cost of a project like this quite considerably. So in 2019, the project developers kind of just almost packed it completely up. They laid off half their staff. They weren't going to be able to say when they were going to make a final investment decision on it. So that's where the project was when the Biden administration came in. Interesting. Now the project you're reporting has fresh momentum, thanks to a big push by the Biden administration, which, of course, has this aggressive climate agenda, including from U.S. Ambassador to Japan, Rahm Emanuel, well-known name, former chief of staff, the Obama administration, former Chicago mayor. So tell us about that push and what's driving White House interest. There's been several things that have kind of put some wind back in the sails of this project. And one of them is that this administration, mostly the State Department, from what I understand, but also the Energy Department, has really kind of opened the doors for this thing to happen. So as you mentioned with U.S. Ambassador Rahm Emanuel, you know, his name is popping up in a lot of conversations about administration officials who have really started to promote this thing. He held a summit in Tokyo in October of last year that brought together the project backers and some financial folks like from Goldman Sachs and BlackRock, private equity, and also some Japanese government officials from their ministry for the economy, trade and industry, which kind of sets the energy policy there, and some big Japanese companies that deal with LNG like Tokyo Gas and Jera. I think Emmanuel made the point of, you know, hey, you guys need gas. Russia's getting out of the market because of the war in Ukraine. And there is this project just across the Pacific that needs investment. So take a look at it. He's also supposed to appear at a energy conference in Anchorage next month, where I've been told he's going to bring up Alaska LNG as well. Wow. And then another piece of this is the Democrats climate law, 
believe it or not, the Inflation Reduction Act is your reporting also helping this project. So how does that work? Yeah, this is something that happened kind of, I don't want to say unbeknownst to Democrats, but in the first in the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, Alaska Republican senators, Dan Sullivan and Lisa Murkowski, added in language that I've talked to industry folks who were kind of surprised that this was in there. They included language that would make Alaska LNG eligible for billions of dollars in federal loan guarantees. And this was seen as a really big deal. This is kind of like you've got the full faith of the U.S. government co-signed on any potential loans that this project may need. And then in the Inflation Reduction Act, the 45Q tax credit that we've heard so much about is ending up being a big deal for the Alaska LNG plants. I mean, this is the tax credit that would give companies a tax credit for every ton of carbon dioxide they strip out of industrial emissions and and put underground. The Alaska LNG backers have now decided to include this carbon capture technology in their natural gas processing infrastructure, which they say will basically generate $600 million per year of this project's lifetime for them. So that's another big easing of their financial burden. So this kind of came as a surprise, I think, to some folks, but it's been out in the open that they're using it. So it helps them kind of shave off quite a bit of the $40 billion price tag that this project has on it right now. Got it. And despite the momentum behind this project, of course, environmentalists still want to stop this and hope that it doesn't proceed. You're reporting there's still some hurdles that remain. So can you tell us about those? Yeah, the hurdles are still the price tag. I mean, it's still a, a really expensive project to be done. And there's now getting to be a little bit more competition on the North American West Coast for LNG projects, one of which is a Canada LNG project that Shell's been trying to get to, but that's having its own issues. But also a few, I think it was Sempra, now kind of headed by former Department of Energy Secretary Dan Bruyette, is also trying to get a project off the ground that would bring U.S. natural gas via pipeline over the southern border into Mexico and then ship out the LNG from Mexico's West Coast. So there's still things that might prove to be pretty big stumbling blocks for Alaska LNG. But environmentalists are still very concerned this could take off. And as as we mentioned, I mean, they're still smarting from the administration's decision to allow the Willow ConocoPhillips big oil project to go start in Alaska. So they're really wary of Alaska LNG getting off the ground. The administration didn't put too much weight into Willow. That was a lot of lobbying from Alaska to get that done. But the administration through the State Department seems to be actively kind of promoting the Alaska LNG plans. And remember that, you know, this project is now under the Biden administration fully permitted. It got its DOE permits a couple of weeks ago for its export license. And FERC has already said it's good to go. The Biden administration had actually reviewed its environmental impact statement that had been put out under the Trump administration. And the Biden folks said this is good to go. So this thing under the Biden administration's watch has gotten some big push. The environmental groups are not happy about that. Also, President Joe Biden is tightening up environmental approvals for new projects that would add pollution to communities that are already suffering from health threats from the air and water. That's according to a new executive order issued by the president on Friday. The move delivers long-sought wins for residents in, quote, environmental justice communities that bear disproportionate environmental and health burdens. And it comes as the Biden administration attempts to strike a contrast with House Republicans. They're pushing a slate of provisions that would put deadlines in environmental reviews for energy infrastructure projects, expand oil and gas drilling and exports, and slash chunks of clean energy tax credits from the Inflation Reduction Act. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. 
and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow.